can we give a big round of encouraging applause to Becky, her first time on the AV. It's amazing to see our youngsters sticking their hands up and say, I want to serve. I want to serve. And that's amazing. Well done, Becky, Caleb as well. Uh, the youngsters are, are starting to, to come to the fore. And so it's lucky to have the, the older kids in, in this morning as well. I'm not going to have a very short introductionary preach into just the testimony of Dalrico. Um, and then the plan is, is we're going to just share the word, short word. Dalrico uh, is going to share his testimony. And then from there we're going to do communion, and then we're going to go outside, and and Danrico is going to be baptized. Awesome. So we're looking forward to that. It sounds like a lot, but it's not so much. And he's going to give. I have a, a short word. I, I, I do believe that we, and I'm talking about Joshin Krabo, but when I say we, I'm also talking about the bigger Joshin. What we see in uh, if we look around us, if we uh, walk where we are walking at, in our own lives with the Lord and, and in this congregation, what we're seeing is this shifts happening. The Lord is really moving amongst us. And so what we see is, you, you remember the, the preach that Andrew did a, a, a little while back where he said, this is that? You remember that? Where he went back is where Josh James started 25 years ago. Four people in a living room and the Holy Spirit is coming and, and leading them into uh, being a Spirit-led New Testament healthy church, giving them the blueprint. And he looked at us in this season, in the bigger Josh James, and he said, this is that. In his spirit, apostolically, the feeling is, is that it's again the Holy Spirit coming to refresh, coming to revive something of that movement that started 25 years ago. And again, afresh and anew saying, come, let's take hands and let's, let's run for the Lord together in that. And, and, and what we're seeing around us is, is really uh, shifts that's happening in hearts. This course that we're doing, this is church on Wednesdays. Who's been cut to the heart when we've been doing those, uh, that, that course in the week time? It's been absolutely amazing. It's been really in my own heart, I mean, I'm, I'm leading a church, but even in my own heart, I, I looked at the scriptures again. I looked at, at what God's and His intention is with church. And I'm saying, oh my word, Lord, help me that I don't miss out on what your plans and purposes are. And we also looked at calling this past few weeks uh, in, in, in Joshua Kroko. We looked at each person and saying, what has God called you to? What is His plans and His purposes for your life? And... Am I answering to that call? What is my response to that call? Um, in that. And I always have this feeling, this coming into this week, and that because he's such a, like I said, I'm, I'm leading into his, his testimony. Um, but he said, I, I, I asked him, Danrika, can you for 15 minutes long? What did I say, 5 to 10 minutes? He said, well, we're going to have another message for 15 minutes. So I, I, I want to make up the time to make sure that and we get enough in there, but are you going to have any also coin, eh? So, I almost have this feeling, I almost have this feeling, 
that there's something of the Spirit uh, saying, I'm not going to leave a man behind. I, I shared the word this morning with someone else as well that was feeling ill and sick in his body. And I just shared, I said, I, I really feel that this is a season where the Lord's saying, I'm not leaving any person behind. And so I want to say to you that even if this is the first Sunday morning that you're sitting and you're hearing this for the first time, even if you've missed some of the, the stuff that has been preached earlier on, I do believe there's something of the Lord. Maybe the Lord didn't stir your heart into this is church course. Maybe there wasn't something, but maybe for the first time this morning there's something, a tiny little feeding by Angus that's being lit. And for the first time you're saying, Whoa, I'm, 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 I'm not, I don't know what it means here. I want to say to you, I really feel that the Spirit is saying, I'm not leaving any person behind. I want to take, and you see that in John 3 verse 16, which is the first scripture. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's eternal plan is to include all of us, include all of us. To leave no man behind. That's God's intention, to leave everybody, leave everybody behind. To leave no man behind. So there is a part of us then, when the Lord calls us, the Bible speaks of that, that He speaks to each one of us, before you were saved even, and He calls you by your name. Is something of God's voice calling to my spirit man that's dead for him until the day that I give my life to him. It's not alive. It's separated from God because of sin, the sinful nature, and the sin of Adam and Eve. And what happens is, is when I respond to that call of God on my life, when I realize, oh my word, Lord, I'm making a mess of this thing called life. I'm, 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 I'm lost without you. I'm, I'm sinful. I, I, I need you in my life. And I come and, and I hear that, that calling of, and I respond to that. And I say, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to believe that you are the only one that can save me. I, I, there's an inheritance. There's an eternal life caught up in Jesus, the person of Jesus. And I need to believe in him. That he's got the ability to save me. When you do that, when you take that step of obedience and give your life to Jesus, we respond to his calling. And that's all it is. We respond to His voice calling us out of darkness, out of sinful, uh, sin, out of nothingness basically, and into life with Him. And so what happens is, is after that calling, there's various other callings. So now I've given my life to Jesus. Uh, he is my Master. He is my, my Lord. And what happens is, is this, the, 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 in your calling, now suddenly so you find yourself in the church. And then we find these other callings, purposes, plans that the Lord has for us. And suddenly there's this awakening that happens in your, in your, in your heart. And, and you realize, uh, and, and maybe other people will start telling you, say, Kelly, uh, there's a calling on your life. I see there's a gifting there. There's something in you that Jesus has placed in you that is so unique to you. I feel there's a calling on your life. And, and you, must, you must give yourself to the Lord. Let the Lord work this way train and equip you to bring this gifting in you to live out the calling that God has for you in His kingdom. So calling does not stop by the fact that I give my life to Jesus. When I get saved 
when I get baptized, but it's actually something that I walk out and that I journey out with them. And we say to one another, we are even called to be husbands and wives. We are called to be good children to our fathers and our mothers. We are called to be good citizens. The Bible is full of that with our calling in Jesus and how we should walk it out. And Ephesians says this, Ephesians 4, let's read it together. It says, as we know, uh, uh, sorry, yeah. no, another one, Ephesians 4, there we go. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So now suddenly there's another aspect to that as well. God says there is a calling of your life. You've given your life to Jesus, but now there's a way in which we walk it out with the Lord. But we're not going to look at that as much as much this morning in terms of character. We have looked at that, so I'm not going back there again this morning. But he goes on to say we can be completely humble, be patient, bearing with one another. That's the character aspect. But he says there, look at verse 8. I want to emphasize verse 8. He's, oh, sorry, verse 7. Verse 7. But to each of us, Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it said, when he ascended high, he took many captives, and what did he do? He gave gifts. To? He gave gifts to his people. He gave gifts to his people. Make a mental note. He gave gifts to his people. I want to go on with this. 1 Corinthians 12. What is these gifts? What is he talking about? There are different kinds of gifts. He explains this now. There are different kinds of gifts. But it's the same... Oh, scriff is a bit weird. and wobbling here. Apologize for that. But the same Spirit distributes, distributes them. He gives them. He hands them out in different proportions to different people. He says there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them is everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the gifts are given for our common good, for the body, for this family. That your gifts, you bring them almost like on a, on a serving table and say, this is my gifts that the Lord has given me. I offer them to the family so that you might benefit from what the Lord has placed in me. That's what the scripture says. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And, and, and even this morning, you can take off the Scripture. Otherwise, everybody's just going to read that top there. The point is that, that Paul is making here is that each one of us has been, giving, has been given a gift. You can't work for it. You didn't do anything special for it. It's not in the way that I got saved or I had a super amazing salvation. I came out of hard drugs. I was nearly on my deathbed and the Lord spoke to me through an angel. And, they, and now suddenly you get a bigger gift than the other person that might have been growing up differently. It's not that. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that gives the gifts. He proportions, He gives, He decides who walks in what gifting. And so we even find other gifts. The, the, the one that is, is the power. You don't have to put it back on. The, the, the gifts that he talked about, and we saw it this morning. This morning in the prayer meeting, there was, there was the gift of faith. Where someone said, I've got the gift of faith this morning to pray for, to, to heal the sick. Where's the Are you feeling better, bro? Yeah, it's cleaning. It's cleaning. It's cleaning. Yeah, I'm coughing and She's walking in and So there's, there's gifts that the Lord has, and we bring those gifts to him. 
And so even this morning, there might be someone with a prophetic. You, you see a picture in your head. You see something where you've got a word of wisdom for someone. Someone comes and you stand in a circle with the coffee and say, yes, I get a massive problem. I don't know what to do with this thing. And the Lord uses you. He gives you wisdom for that situation. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Your calling, your calling, God's instruction is walking your gifting. That's, that's, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility. God says, I've given you something. My intention, my heart is for you to walk in that. Even leadership. Leadership is a strong gifting. It's a beautiful gifting. And we need the leadership gifting amongst us. Andrew says, show me your leaders and I'll show you your church, the health of your church. I cannot lead 50, 60 people on my own. It's impossible. Say I. No person can do that. They say, what was the thing? One elder for? 40, 35, 40 people. That's, that's basically where the capacity lies. For community leaders, the, 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 the best size for a community where we can actually grow and live together is about 15 people in the community. So, immediately we need the Lord's gifting of leadership in people's lives and we need people to take hold of that and step up and say, Lord, I'm bringing it to you, to use it, to use me, to use the gifting that's in me. Yes. Otherwise, the church will at some point stay and we won't, we won't be able to, to take in any more people because I'm only, you know, I can only influence 35, 40 people at most. That's, that's, that's human capacity for you. Aww. <laughs> And we said to one another last week and the weeks before that if there's one thing that keeps us from walking in our calling in the Lord, it's fear. Often it's the thing that sometimes keeps us from actually coming to Jesus in the first place. It's fear. I don't know what it's going to mean if I give my life to Jesus. I don't know what it's going to mean if I, if I give my... What if He asks me to do this? What if He changes... And Rico gave his life to the Lord and there was this, you didn't know where the Lord was going to lead you. That is probably one of the most scariest things to do because you're giving your life, you're putting your, your direction of your life into the hands of a person you've never met before, called Jesus. You've read of him before, you've known of him before, but you've never met him. And so when true salvation comes your way, when you really come to that place where you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. You meet him for the first time and then there's that thing that I'm, I'm putting the direction of my life into this person called Jesus' hands for the first time. And that's scary. That's scary, but it's also fun. And the Lord says he doesn't call us to come with fear, but he calls us to come with faith. And what Mike Dofay said last week for those that were here, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. <laughs> He has the ability to work something in us, a faith that we cannot do ourselves. He has the ability to bring faith in us. And I want to end off this morning before we go to that. I want to say, I've said this many times before, but the Lord rebuked me for my vocabulary this week. Literally, He rebuked me on my vocabulary. I said, You're going to break your word. You're using the wrong terms. Use the terms that I use. Use the language that I'm using. Because I used to say, I, and I said, it, I said it in a worship again. I'm so excited. 
Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, this, I'm, I'm so excited. I often will use, I'm so excited. And you know what? The Lord, Lord, Lord rebuked me this week for The Lord rebuked me this week for using the word excitement. Opgewonde. He says, what is excitement? I said, no, Lord, it's when I, when you, oh, yeah, come on, Lord Jesus. It's, that's excitement, Lord. I said, yeah, but that's not what I'm working. I'm not working excitement in the hearts of people. Excitement is something, it's a response, but it's sometimes, most often, if you go and look at the, at the description, the definition of it, excitement is a temporary response to something. When I see it, I get excited. Who gets excited when, when you've got a soft surf ice cream that's just about to get handed to them? But what happens when your, chocolate, when your ice cream is finished eating? No more excitement. There's a difference between excitement and what the Lord speaks of. Can we say, can we go and read what the Lord says? I wonder who knows what the word is. Normally he's the one that speaks of <laughs> Let's go quickly. Hey, I've been preaching only for 15 minutes. I've got time. Don't get excited. Yeah. <laughs> Romans 12, let's read this. And Paul, before you put it up, Becky, before you put it up. So they start reading. The minute that you put it up a scripture, everybody goes there and then they lose me in, in sight. Paul picks up on gifting, but he also picks up on something different, uh, something else. I don't want us to just focus on gifting now, because then we're going to miss the plot. Paul picks up now, and then it picks up, as I say, I pick up, I can't I I I bono, I bono peace. I vatte op ons sê, my vatte begrip en hy bou verder daarop aan. So wat sou begrip is Paulus besig om op te bou? Paulus is besig om te kyk na this is church. This is church. Paulus bou op hierdie ding van ons kom nie by mekaar. Paul is building on this fact that we are different people that God put together. I didn't invite any of you guys. You ended up here because God sent you. Well, I invited some. <laughs> and then God placed you here. And now we're hearing from Andrew in the week that this is church. And he's got this beautiful description. He really loves this description. Description of what is church? It is believers, disciples, followers of Jesus, family, body that has all given their lives to Jesus. That is sitting at the feet of the Father around His throne, and we describe this. We sit all next to one another, buddhis and sisters. We sit next to one another around God's throne, looking at the Father, adoring the Father, loving the Father, encountering the Father. And who's sitting next to us? It's Jesus. And we are all next to Him. We, 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 we're rooted in Him, rooted in Jesus. He's the foundation. If it's not for Jesus, the minute that Jesus is not in that circle around the throne, we are, not, we are nowhere. We are separated from God again. So Jesus is the link. Jesus is the one that we are rooted in. All of our beliefs is rooted in Him. The Bible says we cannot come to the Father unless through Jesus, His Son. It's impossible. And so we, we find our connection in Jesus. We find that place, that that family, he's the one that connects us to one another as well. 
It's because we love Jesus so much. And then Jesus says, okay, if you love me that much, I want you to love your brother and your sister. So if Jesus is not in that circle, I will not be able to love Anthony the way that I do. Because Jesus isn't there to say, hey, if you love me, you love Anthony. If you love me, you love Andrew. Like you love yourself. That's what Jesus says. He's the foundation. He's the center around the throne of God. And then there's the third person. He, he, he moves around us constantly, always around us, is the Holy Spirit. He lives in us, and He gives us the power, the Bible says, He gives us the ability to change, and for the Lord to change us into someone that we are not. To take away sin. If you are trying to stop doing something of sin on your own, it's impossible. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can do self-change, self but it's, it's, it's going to be like excitement, temporary. At some point you'll find yourself, oh my word, I'm back where I was again. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now he picks up on this. And he says, this is church. We're sitting around the throne room of God. Jesus is there. Foundation. We're rooted in Jesus. He's the rock of our, of, our, of our belief. Holy Spirit working in us. Giving each one of us these gifts, these different gifts. And he's picking up on this. And listen to this, what he says here. In this, uh, Romans 12, in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Love that. Doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. What does that mean? It means God says, I want you to be enthusiastic, not excited. Enthusiastic. And we're going to look at the word enthusiastic in just a bit now. He says, don't just come in, in your faith. Come in my faith. Come in my confidence that I'm speaking when I'm speaking through you. Because that's going to bring not excitement, but it's going to bring enthusiasm to the body. And we're going to look at that just now. So he says, he says if your gift is serving others, serve them well with enthusiasm. If you are a teacher, teach well with enthusiasm. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight what is good. Leave each other with a genuine affection and take delight in one another. Look at verse 11 now. I'm coming to... to my vocabulary change. Never be lazy, but work and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And it, when I read that, I heard, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, change your vocabulary. <laughs> I want you to serve me enthusiastically, not with excitement. Excitement will hold you this much. It will, it will awesome sometimes, especially in worship. Oh, yeah, no, come on. We, be, we all get excited and rattled up for the Lord. And, and often that's good, but if it comes from a place of enthusiasm and not excitement, it looks different. And the outworking is of the Spirit and not out of ourselves. Because often excitement is something that comes in lying here. It is the worship, it is the praise my, my kind of thing this morning. Is, uh, is the worship leaders able to take me with them? How would my week look? Excitement often is revolving around that. I can get excited if all of those things are in place. 
But if they're not in place, the world struggles to move me. Enthusiasm finds its place in a different place. It finds itself from your spirit. There's actually, if you look at the, the let's look at the difficult. Uh, let me just finish that. Uh, it says, verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope. There's, there's something else that comes. There's a rejoicing that comes if we find godly enthusiasm and not just excitement. The word is zeo. 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 Am I right on that, Dougie? <laughs> I'm looking at my initials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says, it literally means this. It, the, the word means, have you ever seen those see-through kettles with the glass? Yeah. If you put on those kettles, have you seen what it does just before the point of boiling? boiling? The bubbles start forming at the bottom, and then it comes boiling. When you've got something on a, on a chastufi, that's even a better example, especially if it's pasta. Have you ever seen where I don't work with? And it's the same word. It means when something comes to the point of boiling. And it comes and it, it boils over. That's what the word enthusiasm. That's that word enthusiasm. Here in verse 11. Never be lazy but work hard. And serve the Lord enthusiasm. Serve the Lord zone. Zion. Boiling. Boiling over. And I promise you that's something that we can't work in ourselves. We can't boil over for the Lord. It's something that only the Holy Spirit, you know why I say this? And Revelation says this. It's a, one of the, 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 the scriptures, uh, that, the letters that Jesus writes to the churches. You can put it up. I know your works. You are neither hot, cold, nor hot. But what that, you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's one of the, the, the things that the Lord, it's a church, it's a church of, um, I think it's Ephesus or something. Uh, I have not know, can you know it? Huh? I was just going to put you on this. So he writes it to one of the, and they're actually not doing that bad. They love one another, there's, there's a working of the Holy Spirit there, but there's an area where they, that they were going on their own steam. It was an area where they started working, there was works amongst them that was on their own scene. Because excitement can only take us that far. Excitement has a way of, of kind of going lukewarm after the second and the third and the fourth Sunday. At some point, when, 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 we, when we don't hit that 15 number place, numbers on a Sunday morning, excitement fades, it's just one tough tomorrow. Oh. And then the Lord comes, are oh, you still enthusiastic? about what I'm doing amongst you. There's a difference when the Lord... It actually, that word Zayo, the, the, uh, the, the root of that is a, it's a divine inspiration. It's a divine inspiration. It's not being inspired with what I see. It's not being inspired with what is around me, but it's actually a divine inspiration. So, I want to say to you this morning, in Josh Chengrava, what I'm seeing... And what I'm feeling in my, in my heart, I started off by saying this turn. What I'm seeing, I actually wanted to say, you shouldn't go when you see. Just see in the spirit. See in the spirit. That's right. <laughs> what I'm seeing in my spirit is there is a lot to be enthusiastic about in this place. I see people coming forward with their giftings each week now. 
We're seeing people coming forward with their giftings and say, how can I serve the church? How can I serve the body with the gift that the Lord has placed in me? I'm seeing how people are sending people to us and say they are looking for new, healthy, New Testament church, but they're looking for Jesus. And they're actually stepping in here and they're finding the presence of Jesus. And I'm saying to us, that is something not to be excited about, but that's something to be enthusiastic about. And when we're enthusiastic, we're not just excited for being here. Enthusiastic is actually something that, that grows something in you, that, that, that draws you to a place where you actually say, Lord, I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. I don't want to be left behind. I want to be part of what you're doing. That's enthusiasm. Excitement you can do from afar. You can do it from a distance. Enthusiasm is you're in the thick of things. You're part of it. And I want to say, I'm going to give Danrico, come stand here with me, Danrico. I want to give Danrico an opportunity to just share his testimony with us. And I want to say to the kids, listen. I want to say to the grown-ups, listen. And I want to say to every person, if there is someone here this morning, I'm going to give an opportunity before we go to sharing communion. There's going to be an opportunity this morning, if there is something in your heart, either you've never given your life to Jesus, there's going to be an opportunity this morning to say, I want to be part of this. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to sit in the circle around the throne. I want to be included in God's plans that He has for me. But there's also, if you maybe find yourself in where Revelation says, where you have cooled down, cooled down, you are not boiling hot, you are not enthusiastic about the things of the Lord anymore, there's going to be an opportunity as well. But I want to give the mic to this man. He's going to share his testimony of how he got saved, how the Lord brought him here. It's absolutely amazing. Listen carefully and may the Lord stir through his, uh, through his testimony. <laughs> now, is there any guys that just speaks English? Okay. Whatever you're comfortable with. Except I'm not for the recording. I'm recording you, bro. That's a spell. I'm not to say as ik nou moet testify, like, ik nog op kom tot waar nou is, as, ek weet nou ek had nie as, dit die goed sê na wat ek as We went through well and back as a family, and uh, it affected, like, all of us in our household. So, all of us, we was grown up in the church, going family, loving, going to church, my father was in church. So we just came to a meeting. We um, the devil just paraded in our house and we just did what he wanted to do. Um, it came to the point where my father didn't go to church anymore. Uh, everyone was just down, out, waving white flags to the devil to do as he did. Um, I wanted to bring my brother actually up. Um, God just showed me something that I wanted to share with him as well. Um, as he stands here with me, because this is a, my testimony is actually his as well. Um, to the fact that someday when he's going to be baptized, repenting anything. 
Um, how I got to the point I am now is um, to assess I was living a sinful life. Everyone that knows me knows what I went through, what I did, um, how I loved. Um, um, earlier this year, came to a point I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, God, I did everything on my own. Everything flopped. Um, from business-wise, um, my studies, mental health, anything, I was the priest as you can be. Um, my parents can testify to that. I would lay in my room, don't eat, anything like that. Just be there. Give like a laugh, but it is a laughter. I'm crying in my heart. Um, came to the point, I came to Josh Chen one day, Pietra. Um, so that was when I started seeking a healthy church. Um, after church, like seeing like everyone over a coffee table speaking, communion, fellowship. It's like, ah, this is weird. Okay. <laughs> everyone after church is drinking coffee. <laughs> Talking about rugby and stuff. Okay, it's weird for me, but okay. I'm not used to it. So yeah, then uh, when she was speaking, when we walked out of the gate, I told her, like, look, I'm not going to do something out of my own will because I did a lot of things out of my own will and it didn't go as planned. So I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to wait for God to give me an answer. I prayed about it a couple of months forward. God answered my prayer. Um, but in that time that I was waiting for my, for my answer from God, I was sharpening my sword with reading up about uh, reading up about God, um, reading the word every day, sometimes I, I did a whole chapter a day, everything like that, until God gave me a dream and like, um, in the dream it can be clearly, okay, let me just search, I made a note about it a couple of months ago, exactly when I had the dream. Okay. So this was a couple of months ago. So um, before that, I think it was somewhere before June. Um, so I can remember the dream as plain as daylight. So, so in the dream, God, God showed me um, I'm walking up the road. Um, Follow me standing by his car. Um, so I was walking because I didn't walk up here. Okay. So me and Volum got into a conversation, building a conversation, chatting. Um, then Volum invited me in. So that is how I came to you. So that is when I knew God spoke to me. This is where you have to be. So um, that is when I got the dream. So I said, like, God, okay, this is the dream. We have external factors that plays into me taking the next step. So God, is this the only way you want me to be? I was praying. I was fighting God against it. I was like, God, are you going to lead me to a place where nah, 
I don't think so. This is the place God. Pray again. Um, so I was parading for a whole month in front of church. For a whole month before I stepped over the gate. A whole month. I'm not lying. Every Sunday for a whole month. See, so like, okay. This is the time everyone starts. I see cars. I see people. Okay. Next Sunday again. Oh, there's no one here. Where are these people? Next Sunday. Oh, yes, people. So it went, uh, it went about that, like, for a month. Um, then after a month, I was like, God, now can't see any of you, and now we see it later. So that's what I scripture on the comment. I can't see you, and you know, we see what's here, and you know, we see what's here, and you know, we see what's here, and you know, so for my basic money, um, if I don't just give you automatically everything, my life, everything, what is going to happen moving forward? It could be worse, who knows? The devil was already parading in our household, so we couldn't get worse than that. Um, okay, it's like, okay, this is in the background. You look at the scene out. You check everything out. From okay. your faces here, there, okay. See. Now I was like, okay. Getting warmed up. Now when you're in your comfort zone, you're just like crazy like this. Then you come to a point where it's like this. Then you come to a point where it's like this. Now I was like, okay. Getting the view of everything now. God is working. So, here's I'm saying like, um, what God did in my life is unspeakable. I, I can, you can really testify to what God has done in my life and how I came to the point where, where I want to be baptized, where I want to take God automatically into my life and how He's working through, not just through me, but He's working through me, through my brother, through my whole family. Um, this is what God showed me now. You know, we prayed, uh, like, this is a prayer we did, like, when we were, like, kids. That our whole family would be in church one day. Come on. Yeah. Uh, God actually showed me that, uh, oh, I was crying. And uh, just testified to the glory of God. And what he can do, actually, when you wholeheartedly give your heart to him, just be focused and steadfast on God. And that goes into the prophetic word that Willem gave me um, last week or a couple of weeks ago. Being steadfast in God and just being on your journey. And I have been steadfast in God. And I'm reaping the fruits of my labor. And it's not just working through me, it's working through my whole family. And the way God has used me to penetrate everyone's heart around me, it's, it's really magnificent and it's only the, the glory to God. So yeah, I'm here at this point. I'm still waiting for what God is going to do further in my life after baptism. So yeah. Him standing in front here, I want you guys to just everybody just close their eyes. 
just close your eyes and this is just a moment. Um, I really feel that there's something of Enrico's testimony of his heart um, that, yeah, Lord, you pray, Lord Jesus, you said, John 3 verse 16, Lord, that you want to take everyone with us on this journey, Lord. You do not want to leave any person behind. So I want to give two opportunities this morning. The first one, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I am going to ask you just to raise your hand. If there's any person this morning that has never given their life to Jesus, you saying for this morning, Lord, I want you to come and turn my life around. I need you to save me from myself, from my sinful nature, from who I was. I need you to save me, Lord. I want you just to, just to raise your hand. If there's anybody this morning that wants Jesus to step into their lives and you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand, just quickly, just for a second. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See their hand. Thank you, Lord. I want to make a second invitation. I want to make a second invitation. If there's anybody here that read that scripture about being lukewarm or cold, you have given your life to Jesus. You have followed Him. But somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, there was just this something that you just drifted away from the Lord. And your heart drifted away from Him. And in some way, the Lord just became, gave just a distance. And you became lukewarm. And you find yourself this morning and the Lord is speaking to you, saying, I want to, I want to come closer. I want you to, to recommit yourself to me again. And if there's any person like that, you know, you man, but from all that, they will you need to work your hand off. Thank you, Lord. You see that hand, Lord. You see that hand, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those that hands are like, don't you just want to stand up? I just want us to pray with you. We're going to just form a circle around you. There's no. There's no shame in that. If you feel that the Lord is speaking to you, just stand up in your seat. I just want us to just, for those that's, that's around them, just gather around, quick, quickly. Just sign it all the window, mark it for God, all the window. Just put your hands around them. This is such a beautiful moment. This is such a beautiful moment where people actually come and say, Lord, I want to either give my life again, or I want to recommit myself. Just when you stand it, just when you stand it, just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we come to you and I want everyone, everyone to pray with me. Everyone to pray this out loud. Those that are standing, everyone just pray this out loud. Father God, we come to you through your son Jesus. There's no other way. Jesus, you spoke to me this morning. I feel my spirit come alive as you spoke to me. I want to come and I want to repent. I want to say I'm sorry 
for the way that I've lived my life. I want to ask, Lord, that you forgive me for believing life my way. Lord Jesus, I want to come. I want to bring my life to you as a sacrifice. And say, Lord Jesus, become my Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and repent. Thank you, Lord, that you say that you are faithful and you will forgive. And so, Father, for those that are praying that for the first time this morning, Lord, I pray that your forgiveness will now just shower them. I just want to ask those, those that's around you, just start praying for that person. Just pray for any form of condemnation to lift in Jesus' name. Any form of unforgiveness to lift in Jesus' name. That they have the ability to experience the forgiveness of Jesus right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are